Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Cork's Red FM. You're very welcome along to the Big Red Bench. This rainy Saturday coming up, we round up all the day's action in the Premier League with 29 minutes gone. It's currently Aston Villa nil, Manchester City nil. Uh, we have reaction to Cork City 2, Longford Sound 2 and a very passionate post-match interview from Colin Healy. We also speak to Rory after that. Ahead uh, of a big day in the Bon Secures Premier Senior Football Championship, we hear from Carberry Rangers boss Declan Hayes and Castlehaven manager James McCarthy and we'll look at all the games going on tomorrow and uh, pick out what needs to be done for certain teams to get through to the knockout stages John McCarthy was at Kilchanning versus Gabriel Rangers we'll hear from both camps there plus loads more all coming up before 7 You're listening to the Big Red Bench here on Cork's Red FM. Aidan Leahy here with you until 7 o'clock. As I said, the weather is really starting to take a turn. I've just got a video from home and uh, just outside Tralee, absolutely bucketing it down. So I'm telling you, I wouldn't like to be at Electric Picnic. I'll tell you that much for nothing. Anyway, we'll head straight in and look at uh, the day's action in the Premier League. And let's look at the early game, Everton and Liverpool in the Merseyside Derby at Goodison. And I'm telling you, Liverpool were very, very lucky to get away with this one. Shane Pennington has the full-time report. With no wins on the board so far this season, Everton's fans were pessimistic about their chances of Derby success, but one thing you can't fault is their commitment, as they frustrated Liverpool as Jurgen Klopp's side dropped more points as their title challenge continues to fade. Conor Cody saw a goal ruled out after a lengthy VAR review as the hosts thought they'd won it, whilst Tom Davis, Darwin Nunes and Mo Salah all hit the woodwork. It's more frustration for Jurgen Klopp as his side's indifferent start to the season continues, whilst Everton's wait for that first win goes on, although if they continue to perform like like that I'm sure it's just a matter of time for Frank Lampard's men Everton nil Liverpool nil one of the best performances I've seen out of a Frank Lampard side in, in fairness to them uh, of course as they, as uh, as Shane said there Liverpool dropping points again the fourth time this season they've dropped points in the league um, goal is straw Jurgen Klopp says despite his side missing some good chances it was a fair result I think we could have won it today but we could have lost in a few moments as well if you count the amount of chances we had and the amount of chances they had then we would have probably deserved would have been a preserved winner but Ali had to make two incredible saves and just called a goal which was disallowed for a small offside but obviously offside yeah, Everton remain without a win, but uh, it was very promising uh, for them, I have to say. Uh, their conse- uh, third consecutive draw in the top flight, boss Frank Lampard says there was plenty to be pleased with. Spirit, work ethic, organisation and working on a game plan to try and stop a fantastic team in Liverpool. We didn't always stop them. Jordan Pickford stopped them when they got through us. But other than that, we contested and we competed and uh, we had our moments to play. We had our moments to be organised. The work ethic was great and we had a good few chances ourselves. Wolves took all three points at home to Southampton. Adam Jury reports. A Daniel Pedence finish has given Wolves a 1-0 win over Southampton. It was a tough-fought match where both sides worked hard but struggled to break down each other's defences. But the winning goal came in first-half stoppage time as the Matthias Nunes cross into the box was met by Pedence who saw Bazunu early. He casually dinked the ball over him and into the net. Disappointment for the Saints who played well but just couldn't finish off their chances that it created. But Wolves pick up their first league win of the season. Full-time at Molyneux, they finished Wolves 1, Southampton 0. 
Yeah, clean sheet there for Nathan Collins. Unfortunately, though, for Gavin Bizzunu, he conceded, but a uh, big win for them during the week, of course, against uh, Chelsea 2-1 at St. Mary's. Um, Newcastle and Crystal Palace played out a nil-all draw at St. James's Park. Stephen Goldsmith had to watch that. Newcastle nil, Crystal Palace nil. Don't know how we didn't get a goal, not for the want of trying from both sides. The Newcastle new boy, Isak, missed a glorious chance in the first half. Quaita saved that one. He also saved brilliantly from Longstaff in the second half. And Willick. Willick was then guilty of missing another chance a really really good one missing from point blank range at the other end Pope saved really well from Edward in the second half before that he kept out Mateta and Eze the main incident though VAR ruling out a Mitchell on goal after deciding Willick found Guetta the home team didn't like that one but that was the call somehow Newcastle nil Crystal Palace nil yeah, Stephen Goldsmith, he, I mean, he got to watch a great game between uh, Newcastle and City there a couple of weeks ago on the 3 all, but he does have to sit through some uh, boring ones as well, I have to say. Uh, Bournemouth came from 2 down to beat Nottingham Forest 3-2 at the City ground. Clive Edwards has the report. Nottingham Forest 2, Bournemouth 3. What a turnaround this was from Bournemouth. Two newly promoted sides. Points are valuable to both of them. Nottingham Forest looked as though they'd got them all at half-time. Goals from Coyote and a penalty from Johnson had given them the lead. But Bournemouth in the second half scored a screamer from Billing. An overhead kick from Solanke. And then substitute Anthony with his first kick of the game got the winner in the 87th minute. It's finished Forest 2, Bournemouth Three. Yeah, Bournemouth um, on a bit of a roll now. Four points in sacking Scott Parker. Um, so uh, not going, not not too bad at all for them. Uh, Chelsea had to come from behind to beat West Ham United 2-1 in the Premier League and a very contentious decision in that uh, quite similar to the, 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 the decision last night at Turner's Cross which we'll hear more about later on in the show uh, Mike Lawrence says the full time report Chelsea 2 West Ham 1 Chelsea coming from behind to snatch all three points in a dramatic second half West Ham went ahead on the hour mark through Mikel Antonio scrambling home a close range uh, ball dinking it over the uh, line Ben Chilwell then equalised for the home side a quarter an hour from the uh, end, putting the ball through the legs of Lucas Fabianski in the West Ham goal. Then came a mad few minutes. West Ham substitute Maxwell Cornet hit the post. Chelsea immediately broke down the other end and Kai Havertz put the home side ahead. West Ham thought they had earned a late uh, point when uh, Maxwell Cornet uh, poked home Jared Bowen's uh, ball but Bowen was judged to have fouled Mendy, the Chelsea keeper in the build-up, a long VAR check and the goal was shorted off for Chelsea to end up winning it. Chelsea 2, West Ham 1. Just having a look at that decision here now and if that is what the goal was ruled out for... Mm-hmm. I can understand why David Moyes has probably picked up a ban for what he said uh, his, his, his uh, post-match uh, post-match uh, comments um, were, were were fairly scathing of the uh, VR artist uh, officials um, he said um, 
he I think he went into the referee's room um, he said he didn't want an explanation because what explanation could he give trying to justify that my goodness and uh, on VAR as well he said he's lost faith in them after today so uh, he's probably going to get a fine and possibly a one match ban for those comments even though they're fair comments to make if you ask me uh, Brentford have beaten Leeds United five goals to two at the Brentford Community Stadium George Alderman was there Brentford 5, Leeds United 2 and it was a game that had almost everything a hat-trick, a red card and plenty of VAR drama Ivan Tony, the one with the hat-trick for Brentford scoring his 50th, 51st and 52nd goals the first a well-taken penalty the second a brilliant free kick and the third a spectacular chip Leeds got back in it, made it 3-2 an ailing cross allowing Rocker to score that was after their manager Jesse Marsh was sent off for complaints about a possible penalty that wasn't given. Leeds then thinking they got back in it, but then Brentford with two goals to make sure, and Buemo with a flick on from Ivan Tony that actually came off Leeds captain Robin Koch, was given offside originally. VAR overturning it to make it Brentford 4, Leeds 2, and then as eight minutes of injury time were flashed up, Johan Wissel went through one-on-one with Elan Melia on his birthday to make it Brentford 5, Leeds United 2. Yeah, and another really soft call here given in the goalkeeper's favour um, in the City-Villa game. Villa had a really good chance there to score. Konza, I think, went up with Ederson. And Konza wins the ball. It sends it goalwards. It nearly crosses the line. It's cleared away. But a free out's given simply because Ederson lost his footing under the the con- like the contest for the high ball. Like, the goalkeepers are just getting way too protected and it happens in all sports really um, like fair enough you know like in GA they are protected inside the six yard box I think they still get far too much protection outside that but in, in soccer like they can just dive on the ground and get away with most things um, anyway Harry Kane was on the score sheet as Tottenham beat Fulham 2-1 um, and Tottenham lucky as well to get away with this one David Garrett reports Tottenham 2 Fulham 1 Richarlison and Kane with the stars as Tottenham keep up their unbeaten record they looked maybe not invincible today but unattainable as far as Fulham were concerned. Richarlison set up Hoiberg for the first five minutes before half time. A lovely one-two between the Dane and the Brazilian and Hoiberg finished well. Spurs had already had several chances by then and Kane scored the second from close range on 75 minutes after a set up from the impressive Sessegnon. He then went off as a sub for a rest and suddenly Fulham got back in it with a delightful curling shot from Mitrovic but that was a minor blip during the course of the 90 minutes. It is no exaggeration to say that Son Kane and Richarlison could all have had at least two goals. Son and Richarlison both hit the woodwork. Richarlison had another chalked off for offside late on as the three up front for Fulham gave the Cottagers all kind of difficulties. Mitrovic almost equalised with another curler really late on but Lloris marking ten years at the lane saved to relief here. It would have been ridiculous if Spurs had not won this. They looked a very good side. Tottenham two, Fulham one. I wouldn't go that far. I watched most of that game and Fulham were very good in the second half. Mitrovic is absolutely on fire this season. Um, and yeah, look, Richarlison, I'm afraid he'll have to deal with that in his uh, replies on Twitter for a while. Went away swinging the jersey in Everton only for it to be ruled out. Um, but yeah, massive day then tomorrow in the Premiership. Um, Brighton at home to Leicester at two o'clock, but United against Arsenal at half four. What a huge game that is um, for both sides because it, realistically at least we'll finally be able to see which you know 
where they both are because United good good win during the week 1-0 but weren't exactly you know impressive uh, grounded out Arsenal have been impressive in fairness with most of their victories so far this season so let's see now um, when, it, when push comes to shove tomorrow in a huge game which side is gonna is gonna stick it out? Of course, United already playing Liverpool have that experience of of playing a big game. So it's Arsenal's first real test uh, under this, you know, um, in this vein of form, I suppose, under Mikel Arteta. Uh, moving on up to the Scottish Premiership and a huge win for Celtic. Uh, Celtic boss Ange Postecoglou praised the way his side handled the occasion of the Old Firm derby. They thrashed rivals Rangers 4 0 to move five points clear at the top of the Scottish Premiership. Uh, Postecoglou tells Sky Sports News it was a fantastic display. You know, we knew it would be a good challenge for us today. Um, they're a good side and they've proven they're a good side. Um, but, you know, we, we've been really good all. We are, since the season started we're getting stronger every week and um, so it was a really you know dominant performance yeah let's now turn our attention to um, events here at home I suppose um, just quickly before we move on 42 minutes gone at Villa Park Aston Villa nil, City nil. Um, but yeah Cork City last night um, drawing to all uh, at home to Longford Town uh, they go 8 points clear now at the top of the first division of course but Galway United didn't play this weekend so a game in hand for them now um, here's City boss Colin Healy with Cullum and uh, it's uh, fair to say he was not happy with uh, some of the decisions last night. I thought in the first half, I thought well, we didn't start well at all. Um, we didn't. Um, I think, um, yeah, they were. I just didn't think our players. You know, we were we were asking them to play play on the you know play in their half and be on the be on the front foot, but it just wasn't us and. You know, um, we we changed it. We changed it. We went to a back four. Um, we were a small bit more aggressive. Made one or two changes, and we went to four four two. And um, listen, we 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 got some good goals. We got back into the game in the second half. The, the players, what I would say is that they showed character to get back into the game. Um, we had a great chance, probably at the end, for Barry to go and win it. Um, keeper was made a fantastic save. But we have we had another. We had a goal disallowed. Where listen, I can't see any foul, and I think it's I think it's very very harsh on. Us for um, for that to be uh, disallowed. We watched it back up in the box, and it did look like a harsh decision for it to be disallowed. Um, I mean, it's moments like that that you that you'd be kind of saying like that that could cost you at the end of the season. I don't see anything in it. We watched it. We we we've seen we seen the clip. I don't see anything in it, and I don't I don't know. They said there's a push on on a centre forward, and there's not. And I don't see anything. I think it's it's the wrong decision. Like do you know, it's do you know, it's I know referees and it, it's hard it's hard to make the decisions. Like but decisions like that are just they're, they're straightforward like and it's just it's a goal it's a goal and it's um, I think it's cost us it cost us um, two points tonight has major feelings no to the referee at the end of the game no I did no I did and listen I know something that you can get frustrated and I say listen okay we, we work hard all week and you know and the fans come out and they come out and watch the game and you know and we have great support and you know like we had the referee last week in Derry and we had a bit of an instance with Keats and it wasn't a red card you know and it was it was um, we got we got that rescinded you know but it, it was wasn't a red card and, and I just felt I just felt that you know is it tough for a referee you know what happened last week and to put him back in against us put him in for our game then the following week or is it that hard on the referee because everybody's going to be saying oh listen he made a mistake last week and he's going to come in this week is he going to do it and I just I just said to the referee I just said listen I don't think you should be in a ref in this game and I said that and okay I might have been angry and, I might have, and obviously that's what happens is when you're on the sideline and you're playing to win a league here you, you listen you get frustrated and, and you know it's and that's, that's what football does but I didn't 
didn't didn't show any disrespect and you know I was obviously upset but like if I don't say nothing I mean what, what happens like do you know it's me and, and listen I have respect for, the, for, 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 for him and as I said the decision last week I spoke to him um, in, in a mannerly way and, and I was just a bit frustrated tonight but I didn't show any disrespect to him It is frustrating probably from the referee's perspective to be doing the same the same game back to back and from the team's perspective and your perspective I don't think it's fair on him I don't think it's fair on him like and you I don't think you see it anywhere else is that that he's put back into for us and the mistake that he did last week and he put him back in against us and and that's what I was going to say I didn't think that you should have been ref in this game but obviously he had different views in it. but listen, listen he's a nice fella listen I have no bother, no bother with him but I just felt that he got another decision wrong tonight like we, we lost Keats last week because of a bad decision no we dropped two points because of another bad decision and it's 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 hard to take for a manager for the players and for all the, all the fans that come out tonight is that if it's a blatant free kick I understand I can say listen okay yeah I can see it but there's not there's nothing there like there's nothing there so listen they have tough jobs I understand that they have tough jobs and but it's um I just he, he got that one wrong again tonight just, uh, I suppose uh, to draw a couple of positives out of tonight despite being frustrated um you got back into the game you extended your lead at the top I know now Galway have a game in hand but it, it is an eight point gap um so you're still in a great position I mean heading into the final few games of the season now no 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 listen we, we are but we listen probably disappointed in the first half and and, and the way we played played you know and, and I would say like you know in the second half we showed character you know to, to get back in the game and you know we never gave in we kept and we kept going you know so we'll take the positives out of that um, so it's it's just probably frustrating that you know that the goal that was the knocked off that there was there was no um, there was no free kick and, that, and that's the frustrating thing for me um, so the big thing is that the boys they never gave up and they never do you know sometimes you can you can go out and play and you know sometimes it can't it, it doesn't go for you and it doesn't like but what I would say about the players is that they will give you everything sometimes it happens in, in, on, on a Friday night and sometimes it doesn't happen but what I would say is that they gave us the effort there tonight and you know it's um, probably look at it back and it's probably probably a point is a fair result Do you think though that like it's two points dropped tonight? Well I feel it is because we got a, a goal taken off us that was a clear goal and that's that's what I feel you know but I have to look at it from you know the other side of it too is that you know um, Longford did play well and um, you know probably a draw was probably a fair result but I'm a small but upset but angry that there was there was no foul there, do you know. So and it's um it's a hard one to take, yeah. Just finally, Colin, it's it's the title running, it's the season running now, and two big games, Waterford and Galway, to come over the next couple of weeks. I mean, I mean, they're huge tests, aren't they? They're all big games. They're all big games. Anybody who plays this is all big games, you know. So it's um and you know that's what the players they they have to they have to learn that side of the game. Do you know, it's um you're playing with a big club, um everybody's out to beat you, um they're sitting, you're sitting top of the table. We want to go and win a league, do you know. Just just pressure on, like, but um the players need to go and handle that. They need to deal with it, and you know, um, I thought tonight they, they showed great character to get back in the game. And um, listen, we, we 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 get a point. Um, should have been three, but we'll um, we'll get ready now for Waterford. Okay, Rory. Well, we've just heard uh, a livid, to say the least, uh, Colin Healy after last night's two-all draw at Turner's Cross, uh, Cork City two, Longford Town two. Of course, the decision to rule out what looked to be a legitimate goal means that Cork City come away uh, from from the game with just a point to go eight points clear at the top with Galway United having a game in hand um, look you were there last night I suppose uh, aside from the, the decision itself um, the game what, what were your thoughts on it? Um, Longford is a better team and they deserved all three points um, that's the, 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 the long and short to be perfectly honest I thought Longford Town were absolutely excellent they had a game plan they were they were solid they were very very well organised and they played some absolutely terrific football they had a number of standout players last night Dean McMenemy 
ran the show for Longford in the middle of the park. He was a thorn in the side for City uh, all night long. He was absolutely brilliant. He was an absolute pleasure an absolute pleasure to watch and then next him Aaron Robinson was kind of doing all that I suppose the work at the cold face and that allowed McMenemy to get forward and, and play some nice football for the second goal in particular that Longford Town got last night Dean McMenemy picked up the ball in the middle of the park and played a beautiful ball down the line uh, to uh, Dylan Barnett that took um, Josh Holland completely out of the game and he was able to cross then for Jordan Adameo who had a free header from six yards he wasn't going to miss from there um, and was an absolutely beautifully well worked team goal their opener was one of the best goals I've seen at Turners Cross all season long Dylan Barnett uh, the man who scored it his second goal of the season uh, short uh, corner from a set piece it's obviously something they've worked on hard uh, at the training ground he picked the ball up 25 yards out from that short corner and into the top corner curled an absolute beauty past David Harrington who's at full stretch he had absolutely no hope it was one of the best goals I've seen at Turners Cross all season Longford Town were a pleasure to watch last night the best thing I've seen at Turners Cross uh, this year and they deserved all three points however you cannot um, deny Cork City's um, I suppose uh, fight in the second half and their determination to get back into the game and to come back from a goal down twice to then um, get a point I think deserves uh, a lot of credit to be perfectly honest Yeah what is is it just a case of almost stumbling over the line here and and to be honest like like you said it's actually a really good point to come away with because and it shows that you know that, that mental fortitude that they dug in and they, they got something out of a game where they could have easily just lost 2-0 in a way Yeah I mean like look um going into the game last night Longford Town were in a very very rich vein of form they had won four league games in the bounce looking to make it five uh, and they were absolutely uh, excellent Cork City haven't been in um, good league form uh, whatsoever uh, recently and you're looking at that I mean everyone's saying to me oh sure oh, Cork City going to win handily enough tonight and you're looking at it going no, well no they're not like because City have been struggling for goals um, recently up until um, last night's game you take the 6-1 win over Athlone Town out of it uh, on the, the 5th of August the last three games they had scored uh, just two goals and uh, they were against uh, Cove Ramblers down at St. Coleman's Park so going into last, last night it's uh, our last Last night's game, uh, just one win in three league games, just two goals, and they were struggling for form. You take uh, Longford Town by comparison, then as I mentioned, four wins in the bounce uh, in the promotion playoff spots, and uh, playing very, very, very well. And you could see from this start last night just how up for it Longford Town were, and how I suppose not lethargic City were, but just they 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 maybe a bit shocked by the intensity of Longford. They were definitely missing Aaron Bolger last night. Um, who was missing through suspension. Kevin O'Connor was deployed in midfield in a sort of a 3-2-3-1 formation that Cork City employed last night. It didn't work at all, um, to be perfectly honest about it. I'm surprised Matt Serbel didn't get a run at some point because I thought he might have been a better option than, than Kevin O'Connor in the middle of the park uh, because it took Kevin O'Connor a long while to get to grips with the midfield position and uh, City struggled in that area because of McMenemy was then uh, afforded a lot of space and uh, a lot of uh, time in the ball and was able to, to, to cause havoc he was everywhere for Longford Town last night um, and then you're missing Rory Keating who was suspended for that red card in Derry that I know we talked about in the show last week but yeah. it was never never in a million years a red card and uh, we had him on LOI TV last night to talk about it and he said the exact same thing it was never a red card um, and um, it was never a red card and yeah. Yeah, that was rescinded but because of 
Irish football rules you have to serve that suspension automatically you can't appeal the game play and then see what the result is it's a backward system I mean like it was never a red card everyone saw that uh, Gavin Colfer who gave that red card last week was in charge again yes last night and he was at the central uh, centre of attention again last night because of that disallowed goal which like I've, I watched it back a number of times I watched it live at the time a beautiful corner in um, from Matt Healy Ali Gilchrist rises free header buries it back in the net should have been 2-2 um, and, and for some reason the referee has awarded a free kick now I think it's one of those ones Aiden, you know when there's a bit of pushing and, and shoving and, and jostling in the box before the corner is taken and the referee is just waiting to blow the whistle so yeah. the ball is in play I think it was one of those ones because he obviously wasn't looking at Ali Gilchrist because Ali Gilchrist didn't commit any foul whatsoever he buried it and then if they get that I mean like what, there's what 76 minutes gone to us so they have a, a lot a, a bit of time then to to go and uh, and try and find a winner instead it's 2-1 they have to go and uh, try and find an equaliser eventually they get it through Barry Coffey again that persistency that I was talking about but that decision to rule out the goal last night was absolutely absolutely baffling and I have no idea why it was disallowed um, nobody I talked to has any idea why it was disallowed Colin Healy certainly doesn't know why it was disallowed that's why you could hear how annoyed he was yeah. to a column just there and it's why he was shown a red card for going up to Gavin Collifer last night and telling him exactly what he thought of that decision it was look two dreadful decisions uh, in the space of a week um, I don't want to go off and referees Aiden. they have yeah. a very very hard job they have an incredibly tough job um, and they don't des- well they, like it, it's, it's it's more it's on the not to- it's more on the people who decided to send him down to a Cork City game again like second week in a row like, he, like Colin Healy yeah. said like he probably shouldn't have been the man refing this game like yeah, no, yeah, and that's that would to me would seem like common sense, but maybe the appointments were decided before the FEI Cup games uh, Possibly. were finished. I don't know, to be perfectly honest, but look, probably shouldn't have been refereeing last night, given the decision last week uh, against every city and look, responsible for another poor decision last night. But look, uh, you can blame the referee all you want. Cork City were dreadful in the first 45 minutes um, last night, um, improved somewhat in the second half. Um, uh, and fought back and deserved, and got a point but um, again look it's just more points dropped yeah. 8 points clear now um, Galway all have a game in hand 5 games left for Cork City 6 games left for Galway United it's not over yet um, but um, because Cork City would have taken a big step towards that last night with the win but unfortunately it's a draw and look two massive games coming up Aidan Waterford and Friday at Galway the Friday after that both of them away from home how big are those games? Yeah this is pretty much like these next two weeks now this is kind of it you know this will possibly very much decide the first division and who goes uh, top and who gets the automatic spot like it doesn't get any easier like Waterford away is going to be a massive test now and Cork City really need to get out of this rush they're in at the moment 
Yeah, and look, there's plenty of needle between Waterford and Galway as well. Um, we saw what happened the last time City and Waterford played and those stupid messages to, to Lewis Britton, those yeah. threatening messages that were sent to him, absolutely disgusting um, from Waterford supporters and let's hope there's no repeat of that again. Um, an absolutely massive game. Look, you're going to have Rory Keating back next week. You're going to have Aaron Bolger back next week. Um, I don't think City are going to play as badly as they did next week. Bolger being back is a massive, massive one. Um, you can see Corksley massively missed them last night and look how much they, they struggle to, to impose themselves in the middle of the park and you just kind of notice like all the work that Aaron Bolger does kind of can tend to go unnoticed because it's not very flashy um, he gets the ball he wins the ball he rests players closes down space uh, creates space for others and, um, uh, and and turns over the ball quite a lot it's when he's not there is that you notice oh that's missing uh, that's Aaron Bolger is missing um, so he'll be back uh, for that game Waterford will be fired up for it uh, as they always are uh, in a Munster derby Corksy will be fired up for it too they have to come out and show response they have to come out and play for 90 minutes because they haven't been doing that uh, since that Athlone game um, back at the start uh, start of um, August because look they were dreadful against Street United at the cross that um, Cork City Waterford game the cross the nil all draws to the report there as well and uh, Ramblers they got the job done that was a derby yeah because of the game for derby games um, Derby City I suppose Premier Division opposition last week in the Cup um, it was a good test to see where City were and show them where they need to be for next season if they do get promoted um, but the, the Longford Town performance last night was was poor and look I think everyone knows that it was a poor performance and yeah um, if it wasn't for Barry Coffey, I suppose, popping up with two good goals, um, then uh, the University would be. And also Luke Dennison in the Longford Town goal pulled off uh, a couple of saves last night. He looks like a proper, proper keeper. And uh, he made some excellent saves uh, last night, commanded his box very, very well. And Jordan Adameo as well, um, up front for um, Longford Town, um, who was uh, excellent uh, for the town uh, last night arrived from Galway United and uh, has been scoring goals for them since I think last night was his fifth goal since he arrived from Galway United and the Dubliner certainly finding a rich vein of form he was a thorn in the side of uh, the city centre-backs last night he looked very very good indeed 10-man Cove Ramblers lost uh, 1-0 away to Treaty United they can um they can show some serious sporting solidarity with their Cork brothers next week by uh, getting a big result at home to Galway United. Well, you'd hope so, yeah. Fingers <laughs> crossed that they do. Um, um, so, yeah, that would be very, very good if he, if he could do that. Um, but uh, but um, it, it would be fantastic if, if they could get a result last night. Look disappointing again for for uh, Cove Ramblers uh, in that uh, defeat last night. Look, Treaty United a good side uh, in the hunt uh, for the uh, the playoffs. And uh, Treaty United are an excellent side. Um, Cove Ramblers, look, it's again, it's all, as we talk about Cove Ramblers, we talked about this a lot. It's all about next season and four of them yeah. and the work that Shane Keegan is going to have to do in the off-season and look they have shown improvements since, since he's arrived but look Galway United Friday night St. Coleman's Park that is going to be absolutely massive cannot wait to watch that game Absolutely excellent stuff Rory uh, a massive couple of weeks ahead in the SSC Electricity First Division thanks a million Excellent thanks Edmund yeah, Rory there on uh, last night's game at Turner's Cross. We're talking Gaelic football after the break. The Big Red Bench. Game on. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Missed the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. The Big Red Bench.
Yeah, very welcome back to the big red bench here on Cork's Red FM. Aidan Leahy here with you until 7 o'clock. Um, now, uh, let's get a uh, halftime report from Aston Villa versus Man City. The second half is just underway, but let's hear how that first half went with Frank Watson. Aston Villa nil, Manchester City nil. A curiously disjointed performance from City. They started well, early chances for Kyle Walker and Kevin De Bruyne. But uh, after the first 10 minutes... Villa settled down and despite losing Matty Cash, their right back to injury, he was replaced by the 37-year-old Ashley Young on 25 minutes. They came back into it, roared on by a very partisan home crowd. Ollie Watkins came closest for Villa with a cross shot which was deflected for a corner. Other than that, uh, there haven't been many chances at either end, but uh, one suspects that Steven Gerrard will be the happier of the two managers. Aston Villa nil, Manchester City nil. Yeah, well, we heard how uh, how disappointed and uh, frustrated Colin Healy was there before the break. And I was mentioning earlier on as well at the top of the show how West Ham boss David Moyes was fuming with officials for disallowing a late equaliser in their 2-1 Premier League defeat to Chelsea. Um, I was telling you how he's basically, he said he lost uh, his last faith in, in the officials. Uh, Maxwell Cornet's 90th minute strike was ruled out after a VAR review for a foul in the build-up and the foul was on the Chelsea goalkeeper Mendy and it was not much of a foul but let's hear uh, from David Moyes. It's a scandalous decision, absolutely rotten decision from one of our supposedly elite referees so I don't, it doesn't say much about whoever sent him over on VAR as well but uh, it's, an, it's an unbelievable decision that went against us. Yeah, that's definitely a fine anyway, uh, and probably going to be a one-match ban for the for poor old Moise. Um But he really stuck the boot in. But you know what? If you saw it, like, and you know, West Ham under quite a bit of pressure as well. Um, you know, results haven't exactly been great at the start of the season. It would have been huge to snatch a late point against their London rivals. Uh, Formula One Red Bulls Max Verstappen is on pole for tomorrow's Dutch Grand Prix. The reigning world champion will have the chance to extend his 93-point lead over the fields in front of a home crowd at Zandvoort uh, Zandvoort's a great track actually it's got this on, coming onto the home straight like there's serious elevation there on the on the turn like it's almost like a, a NASCAR track coming around that that final turn um, a really good track uh, Ferrari and uh, Ferrari's Charles Leclerc will start from P2 teammate Carlos Sainz um, is is third on the grid I'm just trying to find the full classification um, because um, Lewis Hamilton was well actually in fairness the, the, it was a last lap shootout for the first time in, in a long time this season but um, it was cut short because Sergio Perez went off into the gravel on his uh, final lap and brought out the yellow flag which stopped all the other drivers from obviously getting their chance to attack that uh, lap set by Verstappen but I don't think anyone was going to match that lap from Verstappen it was incredible um, so it's uh, Perez who uh, he, he ends up fifth after that as I said the Clerk and Sainz are second and third and Hamilton uh, Perez splits the two Mercedes Hamilton fourth uh, Perez fifth Russell sixth I was just saying there speaking to, to Izzy uh, earlier on um, just after one of the bulletins um, about Hamilton and obviously he's still there like he's not gone away 
but the only thing is like if the better that Mercedes car gets the better George Russell is, is going to get as well like so um, he's not going to have it all his own way even when Mercedes give him a car that's capable of of winning races consistently anyway uh, let's park that uh, that'll be tomorrow at the Grand Prix of course uh, and let's move on to Gaelic Games um, it's the final day of group games in the Bonsecure Senior A Football Championship these all throw in at 7 o'clock just like with the hurling last week uh, Island Rovers play new Marcus Clyde Rovers face a Donovan Rossa Bela and Gary come up against Bandon Dahanese play Kish game St. Michael's take on Bishopstown and Napna Green meet for Moy Erling Haaland has just put City into the lead at Phillip Park with 50 minutes gone surprise surprise Haaland again um, he is going to break an awful amount of records this year I think he's going to get close to 40 goals in, in, in the league um, definitely the 38-39 goal a game Mark, but uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, we'll get a we'll get a clip. Uh, we'll get an update on that goal as soon as it comes through. But um, let's uh, keep with the football at the moment. Um, of course, then tomorrow that means that it's the final day in the Premier Senior Football Championship. Uh, let's have a look at the game. St. Finbars play Carberry Rangers. Airogue take on Carrigaline. Douglas play Mallow. Valley Rovers face Ballincollig. Clonakilty face Nemo Rangers. Castle Haven play Newcestown. I think I'm missing a few fixtures there. Am I a few? No, that's it. Um, that's everyone. Uh, so let's have a look at the group stages then. Finbars and Carry Rangers play tomorrow, of course, with both of them uh, assured of their place in the knockout stage. But the winner, um, if Finbars win, I, I would say they're straight into that automatic semi final spot because I don't think anyone's going to match their record unless Nemo can pull off a big win. Um, they're also on four points in Group C. Uh, Mallow unbeaten as well in Group B. Um, but plenty to play for, uh, for for a lot of the teams. The likes of Castlehaven there will hear for their manager, James McCarthy, in a few minutes' time. Um, they need to win, uh, pretty much. Uh, it's as simple as that. Uh, so it's, uh, yeah, it, it mightn't be as, as topsy turvy as the, as the hurling was. But uh, there's certainly plenty of games on with loads to play for 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 certain uh, for for certain teams. Um, let's hear from the Kirby Rangers boss Declan Hayes playing, of course, the champions, the county champions, and Munster champions, Saint Finbars tomorrow. I'm joined on the line by Kirby Rangers boss Declan Hayes. Declan, thanks a million for joining us on the Big Red Bench. No bother, Aidan. Thank you. Um, I suppose it's it's probably the the tie of the the round, even though there's there's so much. Obviously, all the games uh, throwing in tomorrow at the same time. The last day of the group stages. It's an exciting day in the Bonsecures Premier Senior Football Championship. But yourselves and the Bears is probably the tie of the round, and it could be huge in deciding um, who gets that automatic semi final spot. Yeah, I suppose uh, I'm not sure I'd agree in it being the tie of the round on the, on the basis that both teams are qualified already. Um, but I suppose. Um, it, it will decide who, who tops the group obviously and look on whether you're rewarded with, with for topping the group or, or not um, you know I don't think it matters that much obviously the Bars are probably in a stronger position enough their score difference is better they probably have a chance of making the, the straight semi-final if, if possible for them which is probably is out of our reach really mathematically you know um, but looking across the board there's a lot of a lot of very interesting ties on tomorrow and um, I think it's very interesting in fairness I suppose you have to be happy that you are in that position. That you know, it's it's uh, you're you're safe and through into the knockout stages. Um, I suppose first day out, uh, a win over Carrie Galine, and uh, then uh, a win over Airog as well in the second game. What have you been happiest about um, so far in the championship? And are there any aspects that you would like to improve on? No, look, we've been very happy. Our objective was to get out of the group, obviously. 
uh, which we've done after the first two games, which we're delighted with. Um, we're very happy with both performances, really, except for you know minor details. Our, our shot conversion rate in Caroline game was was pretty poor. Uh, you know, we ten wide in the first twenty minutes, easy scoring chances, which is disappointing. Um, we in both games we conceded a goal in injury time. Which, even though we had we were up seven points against Caroline and five against their rogue, which is disappointing. You know, we may have switched off a bit, so we were disappointed that little bits, but. In a general, in most aspects of our play, we've been very happy. Not the lads have been doing what we've asked of them. I suppose the Bears, um, Munster champions, obviously last year, All Ireland semi finalists. It's a great uh, way to see where you are, I suppose, uh, and a good barometer uh, to see, I suppose, you know, the the the, the real quality of, of what you have in your side. Oh yeah, absolutely. Look, the Bears are county champions, Munster champions. They, you know probably should have been playing in, in Crow Park they were very unlucky in the and final against Kilcrew and their quality side like they've, they've um, really strength and depth now as well which maybe they didn't have before but they have a few very good new young players after joining their panel well this year they're obviously going to be a massive challenge but it's great for us you know we, there's no pressure about tomorrow um, we have a lot of new young players you know after being integrated onto the panel and onto the team in the last year last 12 months and they're doing well but this is going to be probably a step up again in quality and it'll be, it'll be good to see where they are you know um, physically I suppose as well as in football terms you know the Bears are a very physical team as well and you know we're looking forward to seeing how our lads get on to be honest yeah um, Is there any I suppose if there's one area where you need to be on top of your game to get over this Bears side where do you see that uh, coming from um, what in particular do you want to, to kind of what what aspects do you want to hit the pitch of to try and get over this side um, I suppose look, look the Bears obviously they're a very rounded team they're, they're very big and athletic they're, they're a strong running team which is a, is a danger we have to be aware of that obviously they're um, but as well as that they have very good inside forwards obviously you know it's like the Sherlock and Myers Murray and and a few new young actors on the panel like Ben O'Connor and Ethan Toomey they're obviously very good forwards obviously you've got to be aware of that but I'll be honest they're, they're such a rounded team it, you know we've got to be um, on our toes on, on most aspects to be honest and like they're a hard team to prepare against because they have such depth you know to even to try and predict who's going to be playing where for them is difficult yeah, absolutely. Well, it's look, it's shaping up to be a, a fantastic weekend, as you said, with all the ties, and uh, I'm sure it's going to be a cracker of a game as well between yourselves and the Bears. Uh, Declan, thanks a million for joining us. Thank you, Aidan. Yeah, Declan Hayes there ahead of Carberry Rangers uh, versus St. Finn Bears tomorrow in the Bon Secures Premier Senior Football Championship. Uh, Castlehaven then, they uh, face Newcestown. They need a win uh, to get through to the knockout stages. Um, well, a draw will possibly do them as well, but uh, to be safe, a win is very much needed. I spoke to their manager, James McCarthy. All right, I'm joined on the line by Castlehaven boss James McCarthy ahead of uh, the big day tomorrow, of course, in the Bon Secures Premier Senior Football Championship. James, uh, thanks, thanks a million for joining us on the Big Red Bench. No problem. Um, final round of group games tomorrow. Uh, you're second in the group. I suppose you know what you have to do against Town to secure a spot in the knockout stages. Yeah, winner takes all tomorrow, I suppose. Um uh, Nemo qualified and the other three teams um, if they win their games and results go to, we're in control of ourselves if we win we go through but if um, if Newstown and Clannacilty win um, it's scoring difference then but we're, we're totally in control of our own destiny if we win 
Um, I suppose that yeah, that's the situation. I suppose you always want to be in at least in control of your own uh, your own destiny. Um, a win a win over Clonakilty first day out, and then a three point loss to Nemo Rangers. Um, what aspects have you been happy with so far in the championship, and uh, what areas do you think you need to improve on as a squad? Um, I suppose there were two different games, two different type of games. The first game was a very tight uh, defensive game, and the Nemo game was a very expensive, open, good game of football. Um, I suppose every day you go out, you try to improve on all aspects of your game. I suppose we want to tighten up a bit at the back and maybe our scoring a bit better as well. Um, we're scoring enough, but I think we could be scoring more too. Is that just a case of taking chances or creating chances? Uh, I think we're creating them and maybe not goal chances. Uh, we, we, we'd like to create a few more goal chances. Um, you know, it's a fine line when it comes down against the good teams. So, you know, when the chance is on, you really need to take it. There's less chances as, as the competition goes on. Um, it gets tighter and it gets harder. So chances, when they come, you have to take them. That's, that's basically it, like. Absolutely, as we said, uh, Nusa's Town tomorrow um, it's essentially winner's take all. How dangerous a proposition are they because they know that they have to win at all costs? Yeah, um, like we're after playing, it's our third year playing each other now, but down through the years we've played each other maybe once every three or four years. So both teams know each other fairly well. There'd be no surprises on either side. It's a, I, I envision a close game again. Uh, all this is with Nusbetown and you know, they're a super club. You know, what they do with hurling and football, I'm on record as saying it. I think they're one of the best clubs in Cork for what they do. Um, and I think they'll come all guns blazing tomorrow, which hopefully we will as well. And, you know, um, I think maybe a call here and there or a breaking ball, you know, the weather might have an impact on this as well. But uh, there won't be much in it. I'm not sure if you've been able to, to see them playing or anything, but uh, if you have done, what areas um, are, are what areas are they strong in in particular and what do you need to keep an eye on? They're very strong in defence and, and, and midfield. You know, they're strong in kick-outs. Won a lot of kick-outs against Clannacilty the last day. Um, very physically strong team. Uh, good scoring forwards. I would know most of the players from being involved in Cork development squads there and Cork squads up along the, the majority of their players would have played at, at Cork level at some uh, at some age or some level are still playing you know there's some great young fellas coming through there Kelly's Sullivan's you know Daryl Dunham and all these players they're all fellas that have experience with Cork and that means a pile but uh, I'd say with Newstown number one they have some they have savage spirit Yourselves, squad-wise, any concerns heading into the game? Any players coming back from injury? Uh, no, we're just about the same. We have a couple of lads uh, trying to get back. Uh, not there yet. So for the next day, we'll, we'll be very close to how we lined up the last couple of games. Excellent stuff. Well, James, as we said, it's going to be an exciting day tomorrow with all the games uh, throwing in at the same time and a big day for all the teams with something to play for for nearly everyone. Uh, The very best of luck and uh, I'm sure we'll chat to you again. Thanks very much. 
Yeah, James McCarthy there, uh, Castlehaven ahead of their game at Newcastle tomorrow in the uh, Premier Senior Football Championship. Now, John McCarthy was out and about today he saw Kilshanig defeat Gabriel Rangers 11 points to 10. This is intermediate football. Gabriel's um, out because of uh, an injury time, Kieran Toomey point. Uh, which won it for Kilshanig. Uh, here is uh, Kilshanig uh, Senior Football Manager, Jerk Reedon. Uh, Jerk Reedon, first of all, congratulations. What a performance by Kilshanig. 11 points to 10. You got over a very, very tough Gabriel Rangers team here today, but more importantly, from your point of view, you're into the knockout stages of the Intermediate Day Championship. You must be delighted. We're absolutely thrilled, George. It's uh, been an incredible game, roller coaster from start to finish. But, um, you know, Pat Nolan lives up in our. This is up with us and he was coaching with me a couple of years ago in under 14 county foot team so we know what Pat would bring we know what Gabriel Rangers would bring they, they really played their hearts out there and uh, you know they were down to 14 men from an early part of the game so they really battled hard and uh, we're just delighted to get out of here today with a, a one point win and, and continue on our footballing season Yeah and that's the thing I mean obviously you get the win that's the most important thing but you had the extra man for a long time but you weren't able really to make it count it only really the third quarter you started to finally settle and kick on That's all and, and I'd say George to be honest with you probably the, the fourth quarter it was right to the end you saw it there it was the, it was the last kick of the game so we were we were hanging on and hanging on And uh, but you have to put that down to Gabriel Rangers I mean they're a tremendous team from West Cork they have huge pride and great management team some some beautiful footballers and some very good young fellas coming through you mustn't forget that, that five of those lads will be talking over Cabri in the quarter final of a senior county uh, in, in a couple of weeks time so like they, they have a massive class and, and uh, massive passion and, and you know we are so thrilled to get over the line it's, it's you know it could have gone either way today for us and we'd have been disappointed but we're, we're just happy to get over the line by a point and just finally the boost this will give this group of players specifically going into the quarter final you've nothing to fear no it's a, it's a free shot like I mean you've, you've come through a really tough group and a tough test and you've everything to gain we, we have we have look we'll, we'll regroup again today I, I, I don't think any of us will be carried away with our performance I mean there's, there's a, a, an awful lot of stuff we need to work on after today and we, we'll do but now we have the opportunity to do it and we're just delighted for these there's a great bunch of young fellas they, they really represent their club with, with great pride we, we've an awful lot of young players and, and uh, you know so we're just delighted to have another two weeks to prepare for a crack at the quarter final and um, you know we'll, we'll be there and we look forward to seeing who we're, we're up against in the, in the last day and uh, you know we're, we're, we're back now we'll regroup and we'll go again Congratulations Sir Willem Thanks very much George Thank you And here's Finbar Downey the uh, Gabriel Rangers boss OK Finbar obviously heartbreak for Gabriel Rangers winning your two matches coming in today losing by a point um, really really tough way to end the championship um, and considering you were down to 14 pairs for the majority of that game uh, it's very very hard on your players and on the management team Oh without a shadow of a doubt like as in like in fairness we couldn't have asked for any more from any of the the panel of players that we had out there the, the players who started and stuff like that like and it's just there's uh, we're inside that dressing room now and look it's just it's gut it's gut wrenching to be honest like as in we, we, we like we thought second half performance there especially like with fourteen men she's like we, we we were there we had to, you know what I mean we were in the game and it was nearly there but look um I suppose for Juice Kilshanig they, they they took the score as well at the end and they're through the next round and however unjust we may feel it's that's, that's, that's football I suppose and we just have to get up and go again next year like if we can Yeah and it's one of the small things I suppose to take from it like you still quite a young panel there's an awful lot of young players and, uh, on that Gabriel Rangers panel I know they've, they've had a, a tough experience today but you've shown you belong at this grade and you've shown you can compete at this grade Oh yeah like you know what I mean like we, we've had 
the vast majority of our panel is probably the average age of our panel with the exception of two or three of the lads are 20 you know what I mean you know 19, 20 like so like if that group of lads can stick together and we can get them working together like there's a bright future ahead, of, ahead for them and look we, we have what six slash seven players on the Carby senior panel like so you know what I mean the standard of football is within the club that you know from a senior perspective and from moving up the grades like that the opportunity is there for the lads like but it's just look it's just tough at this point in time obviously it's very hard and still very raw straight after the final whistle this is the way the championship works though you were flying at two very good wins which shows you belong at this grade as you said and then coming up short but I suppose the learning and the lessons that the players will take from this will definitely prepare you better for next year oh yeah without a shot of a doubt like you know I mean Kilshanig everybody probably had started the year and probably are now potentially again favourites to win the grade out and more at the thing but it just shows like that we played with 14 men for the virtually 60 minutes of the game and basically won the game in that 60 minutes but obviously we didn't we didn't get across the line in that same sense so like yes you know you're playing against senior and county players and stuff it gives the lads experience and the confidence from themselves to actually progress as well and to, and to develop as they go like so yeah no, it's, it's looking forward to the future I suppose we have to even though it's tough <laughs> thanks very much sure no worries Okay, um, moving on now and let's finish up um, with um, some reaction, of course, to what was a massive night at Tallis Stadium uh, on Thursday. Ireland booking their place in a in the most convoluted playoff system I have ever come across in my life and I'm not even going to try to explain it. Um, but basically, Ireland are in with a chance of making the World Cup is the easiest way to put it to you. Uh, 1-0 win over Finland. Denise O'Sullivan has been an integral part to Vera Powell's side over this past couple of years. Um, she gave her thoughts after the win. And uh, yeah, it's a massive, massive evening and a huge win for Ireland. Uh, here's Denise. Absolutely speechless. Honestly, I have no energy left, but um, this has been what we've all been dreaming of. Um, and through a lot as a team, not making it to the Euros was a big, a big blow for us. And um, going out there and making the playoffs tonight is what we've all been dreaming of. And look, we dug deep as a team. We stuck together, and the fans came out tonight. The stadium was rocking. So thanks to everyone. Um, you were on this journey with us. So. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It was a nervy 90 minutes to watch. I don't know what it was like to play in. Like, an Irish team has never gone onto a pitch with so much expectation as you did tonight from the record attendance, from just the momentum that was behind the team. Did you feel it? I did, absolutely. Um, been feeling it for weeks coming up now. I've been thinking about this game and uh, social media, everything, the media behind this, this game was unbelievable. Um, the attention behind it was unreal. Everyone was behind us um, and we we could all feel that and we could feel the fans tonight we could feel the atmosphere um, the energy that was brought to the stadium it kept us going I think in that 98 minute um, when we had no legs left um, yeah so it was it was unbelievable and we're just look we've a long way to go we've made the playoffs but there's still a lot of work to do and um, we can improve a lot still as a team we're after growing a lot but it's still a lot of work but we're excited there were nervy moments as well particularly in the first half what was the feeling at half time what was the conversation at half time in the dressing room I think we just needed to be more composed um, <clears throat> sorry uh, they came out and they kind of changed up their formation a bit they played a diamond in midfield and I think we kind of got stuck on what, on what to do in the middle of the park and uh, we went in and Vera just said stay relaxed stay composed once we get the ball and um, I think in the second half we showed that we were a bit more composed on the ball um, and we we went at them I think compared to the first half they came at us and um, yeah the crowd was was a big big thing for us in the second half to kept us going Can you describe the emotion firstly when Lily scored the goal but also on that full time whistle 
I know you're shattered is, is there any emotions left? Yeah when Lily scored a goal I mean she came on I think she was a game changer for us she changed the game um, she broke up the play she got in the ball she was composed and then that goal um, was unbelievable she's a good header of the ball uh, but when she scored all the emotions were going through my head the stadium was rocking um, but at, at the end of the full whistle I think I just dropped to the floor uh, a few tears came out I was very emotional and I think that's from all the hard work a lot, that team was went through a lot not making the Euros so just getting to a playoff is absolutely huge for this team it's historical and um, it's a very proud proud moment for me and my family there in the crowd it was it was really nice There's so many brilliant stories in it Lily as well uh, so many players throughout the team Megan Campbell coming back tonight and what an impact she made as yeah. well Emma Byrne was on commentary with us tonight and I was saying like you've come a long way from from Liberty Hall that day <laughs> <laughs> yeah honestly and it's the people like Emma Byrne who came for us all those girls who fought for us uh, till this day and um, we've done this tonight for them um, so we're really happy and obviously Megan Campbell coming into the team And but you have those girls like Savannah McCarthy who's been in this team for years who's injured now and uh, we've done that for those players as well who couldn't be with us so yeah we're extremely happy and it's a very emotional night and one giant step to a playoff but after what happened last time around, you don't want to leave it there. It's incredibly complicated and convoluted, but you know, win against Slovakia on Tuesday would probably go a long way as well towards securing a seeding. You can enjoy tonight, but I guess there's a, a bit of you as well that knows you need to refocus because you don't want to let nights like this go to waste. Yeah, exactly. Um, we'll enjoy tonight. We'll go back and get some recovery, good sleep, and back to work tomorrow. Um, we want to go to Slovakia and win the game. Obviously, we won tonight, but it's we're set up good going into Slovakia now, but we still want to go there. We still have a lot of work to do. We want to get three points, and um, as you said, it's a it's a long road still um, in this playoff, and we let it slip before, but I think we've grown a lot as a team since then, so I think we're ready. Yeah, uh, Denise O'Sullivan there after a huge win for Ireland on Thursday night against Finland. That is it. We're out of time. It's still 1-0 to Manchester City against Aston Villa. They've gone close uh, a good few times now at this stage. Uh, Erling Haaland again there just peppering the goals. Uh, but yeah, 1-0 with 70 minutes gone. All right, that is it. If you missed the show, you can catch the podcast on redfm.ie and all major platforms. Rory will be here tomorrow and uh, he's a chat. Uh, I talked to Tom Savage with uh, uh, of the three Red Kings uh, on uh, Munster, their preseason and the season ahead. So you can hear that chat tomorrow with Rory on the Big Red Bench from six o'clock. Until then, Stevie G is on the way next. The Big Red Bench, Saturday and Sunday from six p.m. Corks Red FM.